Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the All of You Whole podcast, hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Go ahead and hit that pause button and then the plus button to subscribe to this show so you get more impactful content each and every week. We would also love it if you would leave a five-star rating and review. This helps people you and I don't even know find the show. And lastly, please share an episode you love with whoever you can. Sharing is caring, and that's how we continue to grow. And as always, I am forever grateful for your support. Today on the show, we chat with Aaron Fletter, who is the food geek in chief and co-creator of Sticky Fingers Cooking, which is an after-school children's cooking school and nationwide education brand. My daughter, Ella, has taken Sticky Fingers Cooking classes here in Denver and absolutely loved them. We're going to talk about how to get kids involved in the kitchen and why that is so important. Cooking can teach kids so much about life and there's so many things that can be inspired in kids' brains just from cooking. Be sure to check out my Instagram at all of you whole for a sticky fingers giveaway package, including their latest cookbook called Kid Smoothies. That's a cookbook with Penguin Random House. And as you're listening to this, this cookbook is already out and available in the world. So be sure to check out the show notes to head to that giveaway and also to snag a copy of Kid Smoothies their latest cookbook. So without further ado, let's chat with Aaron. Welcome to the show, Aaron. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So first, before we get into all things sticky fingers and cooking with kids, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. So my name's Aaron. I live here in Denver, Colorado. I'm originally from California. And I, a fun fact, I've been to every continent in the world. So I love to travel. What? Wait, (laughs) Antarctica? Did you do some research on what kids in Antarctica? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) How did you go to Antarctica? On my 50th birthday, which was December, 2022. Oh, my gosh. Okay. That's a whole nother podcast episode, but keep going, keep going. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, a proud mom of three daughters and my husband and I are, have been together for 28 years, which I'm very proud of. And we also co-own Barolo Grill Restaurant in Denver, Colorado. Okay. I did not know that aspect. That's so cool. Okay. Awesome. So much to chat about. So today we're focusing, although it sounds like we could go a million directions, we're focusing on your company, Sticky Fingers. And I would love to hear the inception story of how Sticky Fingers came about and how it became this nationwide, multi-state franchise cooking and educational school. Yeah, so I'd love to. So Sticky Fingers Cooking started in 2011 from my kitchen table. I was introduced to the after-school enrichment space <laughs> through my children, of yes. course. <laughs> so it was uh, it was wonderful. My eldest daughter, who's now 22, when she was in kindergarten, she went to she would go to a taekwondo class after school, and I didn't have to drive her anywhere. 
I didn't have to. She was already safe in school. Uh, Mm -hmm. My eldest daughter, we'll probably get into, has four autoimmune disorders, including type 1 diabetes. And so that was really important that she was safe and her medical supplies were in one place. And so I just couldn't believe it. I thought, this is just brilliant. So smart. Yeah. And with all the school cutbacks, I mean, you know, everything is getting cut from the, from the arts to science to everything in between. And so I was just like, how can we do this with cooking? And Mm. so, uh, so Sticky Fingers Cooking was born and it's the typical entrepreneur story. I went to, I started this with my father. So, you know, I, I, kind of presented him with my idea. We kind of hashed out a business plan and he said, oh my gosh, this, this could work. And he he moved, he actually moved from San Francisco to Denver to help get us off the ground. And we are still, I'm proud to say we're still working together happily. Yes. And, uh, and so it was a traditional entrepreneur story. I went to about a uh, hundred schools here in Denver and 97 said, I think you're a little crazy. I like, no, I don't know how this would work, but three schools said yes. And those three schools turned into 30 schools, yeah. 300 schools, all yeah. the way to a thousand schools and, wow. and so on. And so, you know, it was really important to me that we not just teach at children, but that the children are completely immersed in the experience. So we wanted kids to make everything in class. I had already touched upon my love of travel. And I think being introduced to global flavors and cuisines is a perfect way to learn more about the world around yes. us. It's a really fun way. So we wanted to include those aspects as well as as well as the byproducts that cooking learning how to cook comes. I mean, it's, you can learn math and science and art and language. You can learn pretty much anything through cooking. So, so that's pretty much how it was born. <laughs> yes. That was yes. pretty much how it was born. Uh, yes. I'm obviously <laughs> a big fan of cooking too. So I love, I love everything that you're saying, especially too. you know, regardless of the race or culture or ethnicity of a child, sometimes you can get really stuck in what you know, you know, so whether, whether it's an in Indian child only eating Indian food or someone like me who just grew up in the South and we're eating mostly Southeastern food, you can get stuck in your one culture, one way. And so exposing kids to all different kinds of things is so fun. And I've, and, and also to the, the appreciation that comes about when that happens, or even the, like I've seen in my kids class, like currently my second graders learning about China. And, you know, if there's a a kid in his class who's Chinese, they're so proud, right? Like, they're like, that's, that's me. That's this. That's my people. So I just, I love that, like, multicultural aspect to Sticky Fingers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if you think about it, as humans, we celebrate with food, we mourn with food, we have traditions with food. So it just makes perfect sense. And, you know, when you talk about getting in a rut, I think that that's just like human nature. And I think it's human nature of any humans that have children and a family. Uh, Because, you know, even, you know, I've I've written a thousand recipes, and we still have our rotations. Yeah, I just received this the most wonderful message on Facebook from mm. a woman where our children went to preschool together. Um, now, wow. you know, now they're you know grown. <laughs> and she said, we moved and I cannot find that sticky fingers cooking recipe for chocolate chili. It has been in our rotation forever, but I haven't memorized it. 
what do I do? And so That's I was so able, cute. I was, yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, we're in their rotation. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's so sweet. I know I am the same way and it cracks me up when I will be like, what's for dinner? And my husband, like, my husband's like, isn't this your job? Didn't you, didn't you like create? And the cutest thing is he'll be like, can we go back to your cookbook? I'm like, that's a good idea. I guess I already have done this. Like I've figured this out. So let's go back to what I've done. Love it so much. Okay. So walk us through what a sticky fingers class would look like from like kids get out of school to they're picked up by parents. And let me pause and say, I didn't tell you guys that my Ella has taken sticky fingers classes here in Denver, which makes this conversation even more sweet because she loves it. I was telling Erin that she wants to have a food truck one day. So this is like way up our alley. Okay. So walk us through what does the class look like? Yeah. First of all, I think Ella and I are kindred spirits along with you, Caroline, I'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah, So with Sticky Fingers cooking class, we set up cooking classes in schools all across the nation. And what it looks like is that we're very, very flexible with our schools. You know, we want to fit within the school culture. So some schools, they bring the children to us after school. Other other schools, we come and we gather up the, the children and bring them back to a classroom. We cook in a classroom, sometimes even in a library, sometimes an art class. We rarely cook in a kitchen. Right. We developed a cooking kit, which all of our Mm. incredible chef instructors have, which is a mobile cooking kit, and they can set up a mini portable kitchen absolutely anywhere. We've cooked with children in hallways and public libraries and museums and even outdoors. So we, we, we will set up our cooking kit in the designated classroom that that school gives us. And we welcome about 12 kids into our, into our class. We are all about relationships. So mm-hmm. we always have the sh- the same chef instructor mm-hmm. with the same group of kids week after week after week. And that way we can start with a sweet recipe and get the kids interested and excited about cooking. And then the subsequent weeks, we build upon those skills. So in any given cooking class, our chef instructor would welcome in the 12 kids. They'd introduce the weekly recipe. They would talk about all the fun facts of whatever the the particular food that we're featuring. It might be sweet potato or it might be quinoa or it might be butter, whatever it might be. And, And then we start talking about that. We talk about the cultural significance of the recipe. And then the children start cooking everything from scratch under the guidance of our chef instructor. And the kids make everything from scratch. So they're making Ethiopian food. They're making German food. They're making Thai food. They're making food from all across the world. And all anywhere from four-year-olds to 18-year-olds. And they're doing this in about 45 minutes and eating it. That's so cool. Yeah. So with these, I'm just curious from a logistical standpoint, are you limited in what you can make? Because I'm assuming you don't have 12 Bunsen burners and skillets and stuff like that. Yeah, we have no open flames. So everything is very, very safe. Yes, no open flames whatsoever. And I have yet to find a recipe or an ethnicity that has limited us. Yeah. Yeah, we know we have we've written over a thousand recipes with cohesive lesson plans to go with it. Wow. And I mean, you name it, we've we've made it. That's so cool. Okay. So what would you say are some of the lessons and skills that kids are picking up in your classes? 
They, you know, the, the wonderful, the wonderful thing about cooking is that there's, like I said, there's so many byproducts that come from it. Right. You, know, you can learn, you can do, learn math very easily by measurements. Right. By cutting a, a quesadilla or a pancake in, in quarters, right? For you know, sure. You can, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you can learn all sorts of math concepts very, very easily. Yeah. We've already covered the cultural significance. You can, you yeah. can learn all about another, uh, a culture. I call myself uh, a food geek in chief because I just completely geek out yeah. on the origins of a recipe. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, one of the most iconic Americana recipes we can think that I can think of is probably macaroni and cheese. And it has this fascinating story to it. And yeah. so that that is tied into politics and history. And so we're also able to weave those concepts in. Yes. You know, in a way that that our students you know, would, would understand and make it fun. That is so fun. Yes. And so, uh, and then of course, science is, is a wonderful concept sure. to teach with, and we call it scrumptious science, you know, making butter, <laughs> butter and whipped cream and emulsifications. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, the list goes on and on. Sure. Yeah. No, it's so funny. Like, especially writing a cookbook myself and having to, we really tried to get inspiration from all over the world. And also too, the just conceptually with my cookbook, we were using so many different cuts of meat. Whereas like, I feel like traditionally Americans, we get like really tied into our ground beef and chicken breast, you know? And, and so we looked all over and like, the funniest thing to me would be when you think of a recipe and you think like, oh, this is Italian. And then you start looking at the history and you're like, oh, no, it's not. You know, like we were traveling when we were little. I was probably 10 and we were in Italy. And my mom was like, can you just like make them? Because they had all these adult meals. And my mom was like, can you just like make them fettuccine Alfredo? And these two adorable Italian men, they were so mad. Okay. They had never heard of this. And they were like, Alfred, who is this Alfred? <laughs> they were so mad. And we find found out. Fettuccine Alfredo is not Italian. It's totally American. And, you know, we think we know where food comes from, but the influences can be all over the place, which is which is so fun to dive into. Oh, you nailed it. That is spot on. And I swear, <laughs> I swear for the listeners, we did not pre-coordinate on this, but I haven't told you, Caroline. Another fun fact is that we have an Italian exchange student living with us for a year. <laughs> no way. Yes. And she's, she's, she's awesome. She's wonderful. It's been so much fun. She's turning 17 this, this week. She'd never been to the U S before. And wow. because of, because uh, my husband is fluent in Italian and oh, you know, cool. as, as an Italian restaurant, and we've been fortunate enough to travel to Italy quite, yeah. quite a bit. We sure. knew just like you, like, you know, that there isn't a fettuccine Alfredo. Who is this Alfredo? Who is, you know, and <laughs> So, so we kind of, you know, pre prepared her that, you know, Hey, I think you're going to be really surprised by what Americans call Italian food. And she actually just came home on Friday and she said, Aaron, you're not going to believe it. My math teacher asked me if I ate fettuccine Alfredo with chicken every night. <laughs> so, and she and said, she's like, no. 
Hey, who is this Alfredo? <laughs> who, is, who is this Alfredo? Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. No, I love that. No, the things that we like think we know, and we Americanize freaking everything. Like that's what's interesting is to go, actually go to places and you're like, oh man, we have tried to sort of do this and, you know, we get it wrong. Okay, so I want to know, why, you know, kind of even at the inception in the beginning, why did you think it's so important to get kids involved in the cooking process in the first place? Yes. You know, I had, I was lucky enough to have these wonderful parents. I'm an only child and mm. I was born in, in the hippie era, era for sure. And my mother was the kind of mom that was making yogurt and yeah. Grinding wheat to make yeah, flour. And totally. I mean, that, so I grew, I mean, and as a kid, I mean, I have to admit, I was kind of embarrassed by it all. I just wanted a fruit roll up and, you know, a bologna sandwich, yeah. but, you know, like the other kids, but it really did. It really did make a difference in my life and it really influenced me in many, many mm -hmm. ways. Food was always really important to, to my family uh, growing up. And when I then became a mother, you know, I was really never, I love, I always loved to eat. I was always in the hospitality and restaurant mm. industry, but I never really cooked a whole lot. I just, uh, I, I enjoyed eating more, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, you know, it was really when I, when I became a mom and I fell in love with the creativity of cooking. I really kind of transferred my like visual arts background and creativity and I transferred that into food yes. and I realized that it was su such a low stakes fun yeah game because even if you screw up a meal that you got to feed the people like 3 hours later like it right. has, like there's another meal just right down the pike and so and I realized how much I loved it. That then transferred to my kids. Like I was yeah. just like, I was just naturally, I would bring up a stool to the kitchen Island mm. and my 18 month old daughter would be making salad dressing, you know? And I, and, right. and, and then my, my friends would say, well, I can't believe that your toddler eats salad. I'm like, well, she makes the salad dressing, you know, yes. I just, it was just like a really natural part of my life. And then really realizing as we were talking about wonderful American culture and you know, part, of, <laughs> yeah. part of, part of our culture is that, you know, we go, 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 we eat in the car, mm -hmm. we don't necessarily sit around a dinner table together. And it really dawned on me how not, I mean, Kids cooking is one thing, but really families and adults and parents don't cook that much. Anyone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, you know, it's a really simple little miracle that we do that anybody can do is that you give a kid a zucchini who says they don't like zucchini and you teach right. them how to cut it and they cut it up and then you make something out of it. It becomes theirs. They own it. They yes. know it's in it. And so guess good. what? They eat it. They they eat it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, there's just so many, I could go on and on about why, why kids in cooking, but it, I look at it as a more holistic view of like, really, it just kind of starts with the, the child and, and maybe, you know, changes the family a little bit as well. And I think we could all use some more fruits, vegetables, and grains in our lives. Yeah. Totally. I love that too. And I'm reminded of, I don't know if you're familiar with Emily Lay, but she, 
has a stationery company and all these things, but she went viral because she did a summer camp for her kids that was how to be a person camp. (laughs) And so she had like all these different things that she wanted to teach her kids how to do. And I do think that there there almost, I feel like there's this assumption that like our kids are just going to learn things through osmosis, right? Like they're just going to like learn how to do the laundry, right? And they're just going to learn how to clean the house or whatever it is, right? Or or cook, you know? And I don't think it's that simple. I think it, I think it's something that we really need to hands-on teach our children. And yes, one thing at a time, right? Age appropriate, safety appropriate, like teaching your toddler to make salad dressing is a perfect example. But like, yeah, my 10-year-old knows how to get up and make eggs for herself. And she knows how she likes them. And she knows when to flip it. And, you know, she knows how to clean up and those kinds of things. And so, you know, I do think little by little, we can teach them more and more. And I also think that you're totally right that it gives them ownership, right? So it's easy for a kid to show up at dinner and be like, ew, this looks so gross. Like, ugh, I'm not going to eat this. But when it's theirs, they're going to be proud of it and they're going to be invested in that process. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's an essential life skill, just like yeah. what you were saying. And going back to what we do with kids and we serve them a meal, mm. you know, I, I actually had this flipped on my head about two two years ago. I was I was not feeling well and I was in bed and my husband said, I'm going to I'm going to make you some breakfast in bed. Yeah. I was like, like wow. OK, yeah, bring it on. And he brought it up. And the first thing out of my mouth was, what is it? And kind of with a little bit of, you know, uh, questioning, <laughs> like, we, you know, what, what's in there? And I realized, oh my gosh, that's what we do to our kids. That's what our kids do every yes. day. They're not brought in. Not only do they don't, they don't necessarily know what they're eating, but right. that happens like maybe three times a day. Oh my gosh. Yes. So that's I lo- so yeah. true. Being yeah. involved <laughs> helps so much. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of, I feel like we're getting into what I was going to talk about anyway, which is picky eaters, right? Yes. And so you know, my kids have, you know, I've been cooking their whole lives. And so, and it's been my job their whole lives. And so they are used to like a lot of foods They're especially during the cookbook. My husband started getting really annoyed because they'd come down for dinner and go, what are my options tonight? Because they knew I'm working on like five recipes at once. So like list them off, mom. Like what what do we get to choose between? And he was oh, like, Your yes. house is a good place to be. They were like, Yeah. And my husband was like, guys, we're eating spaghetti or whatever, you know, like you don't you don't have options. We're just eating what we're eating. But so I've never really gone through the picky eater phase because my kids were two years old and eating cooked kale. But that is the reality for 99.9% of families is at least one of their kids is going to be picky, at least to some sort. So, so what do you, do you have any tips for picky eaters and any like solutions for parents? Yes, absolutely. And I'll give you a little experience share from my own family. Yes. Um, as I mentioned, I have, I have three kids and it's the same thing. Like, I mean, I think introducing your children early to lots of different foods, that is, a, that's definitely one way to have a, a food explorer in, <laughs> in your family, yes. somebody that's, that's not afraid to try new, new foods, not mm-hmm. always, but um, that's a, that's a really good way. My middle daughter is has has always been maybe the most cautious when approaching mm-hmm. new foods. Yeah. And 
So our family, we, I, I am, I love roasted beets. It's like kind of my, my favorite right. food. Like I love, I just, I know it's weird, but I love them so much. And so we will, we'll have them a lot. And when Liliana was about two years old, she flat out, like she, she didn't really ever really want to try them. And so I would always put them on her plate and she, she said no. And, and we would say, okay. Uh, and then we would, the next time that we serve them, I'd serve her beets again. And I said, well, maybe today is the day that you like them. And that kind of, that question kind of made her kind of accept it. Like, oh, okay, huh. well, maybe, maybe today's the day that you like them. Um, something that we say in Sticky Fingers is that, and it's true, that it takes 12 times of trying a food before you can actually before you actually really know if you like it or not. And so it was that kind of same concept with her. And so I wouldn't say it was 12 times. I would say it was more like the 18th time. And she was probably about, you know, four years old at this point. And we served beets and I didn't say anything. And and it was on her plate. And she said, maybe today is the day I like beets. And she tried it. And she said, more, please. And, you know, no I and, and we were honestly just like, I mean, you don't have to like all food. My husband cannot stand cilantro. I mean, that is just that's like, like a genetic is, thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just and and so, you know, there's there's some things. And so uh, we just always thought that beets were maybe going to be that. But lo and behold, that concept works. Now, in Sticky Fingers Cooking, we introduce these concepts, but on a more broader way that's, you know, easy for our chef instructors and kids of multiple ages to kind of digest. And so what, you know, we do say like, it does take 12 bites of something before you know, if you Mm -hmm. like it, that is something important to know. We also do something called a thank you bite. A lot of families do no thank you bites. And Mm-hmm. I wanted to flip that on on its head. Um, yeah. No, no is a negative. So you're already deciding that you don't like it before you try it. So by saying a thank you bite, we also can start the conversation of thank you for the farmer for growing this food. Yes, yes, thank yes, you yes. for the truck driver that transported it to the to the store. Thank you for the store for keeping it fresh. Thank you to my parents for buying it. Thank yeah. you for coming home and, you know, and, and preparing it. Yeah. and making it that it's a long journey for that, mm-hmm. you know, meat or sweet potato or whatever it might be. Yeah. And then going and then also the the really the easiest way to combat picky eaters is to to have kids involved in the kitchen. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's showing them how to cut up that banana, cut up that zucchini, whatever it might be. And they will take a bite. Yeah, and we, have, we have we have wildly amazing success stories with families and kids, kids that have been in therapy. Mm, yeah, you know, for feeding therapy. Our, yeah, feeding therapy, and you know, there's a uh, there was one one in particular where a child really only ate like five foods and. After our second sticky fingers cooking class, he was licking cinnamon off of his hands and his mom like burst into tears. Oh. I mean, just, I mean, something as simple as that, you know, just, right. it's just, um, yeah, I think it's just creating a safe, welcoming environment to try new foods with, without a whole lot of pressure. 
Oh, I love that so much, especially because it's not necessarily mealtime, right? When you're when they're eating at a sticky fingers class, right? It's like 3 p.m., let's say. And so it's not like this is your dinner and you're going to eat it. You know what I mean? It's like, why don't we try this? There's like, it's very low pressure. But also, too, it's so funny. Like I, we were just in Manitou Springs, which is close to Colorado Springs with my mother-in-law, my kids, Gigi. And we went to a Greek restaurant. And the kids meal, which this happens all the time, the kids meal is hamburger, cheeseburger, you know, mac and cheese, whatever. And my kids are like, but I want, I want Greek food. <laughs> like we're here to eat Greek, like so that, you know, and so I think that that's very interesting because one thing that I want to say is that a lot of other cultures, like I have a friend who is a missionary in India and she talks about the babies sit there and eat the dolls with lentils and they eat the curries and they eat, they, there's no like baby food. There's no, well, this is what kids eat. And so honestly, a lot of times I am curious if it's almost like a parent default, like, oh, well, you don't like this. Let's default to chicken nuggets. And it's like, when did we start defaulting to chicken nuggets? You know, like my kids, are like, can I have more chicken tikka masala, you know? And so I feel like sometimes I feel like we almost don't give our kids enough like opportunity to, to like some of these things that are like quote unquote adult food when maybe they actually would if we let them try it more. And I know, I know feeding can be like very complicated and emotional, but I love the idea of, of just like continuing to offer, you know, continuing to, to let them try because like you said, our palates can really expand. That's absolutely true. And, you know, um, yeah, I could, I could talk forever about kids meals at, at American uh, restaurants. I hate but, it. But, you know, for only until recent history, uh, for right. like, for, for the history of, of humans, there wasn't such thing as baby food, like you said. Kids in Japan don't you know, learn to like sushi or learn to like certain flavors. Oh, for you sure. Know, they, it, it's, it's called food, you know, it's, it's so, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and then going back to parents and I'm going to say this as myself uh, for myself, right. I've been, I've been, I can accuse myself of being this way too, but you know, one of the reasons in sticky fingers cooking that we we only cook with kids and we only cook with kids in schools is that, you know, the children do become more open. Yeah. And also they see um, their peers and their classmates, maybe older schoolmates, and they're all working together as mm -hmm. a team to create this one recipe. And they all are, they, it becomes, a, it really lowers the barrier of that yeah. emotion of, oh, I don't like a certain food. And I think it really surprises kids. You right. know, there's one story in particular, I was teaching a sticky fingers cooking class and we were making kale pesto and a child, you know, I, I said, you know, Hey, we're okay. We're making, and well, that was one of the aspects of the recipe and, right. and also we're making kale pesto and this little boy kind of stands up and he says in a very like firm voice, kale, I hate kale. And I said, Okay, well, we're going to be making this and you can, you know, we can, you can have a, a thank you bite and give it a try or not, but we're all going to be making this. Thanks. You know, let's keep going. And <laughs> yeah. so, so, and we did, and we had a great time and we create, we, we all, we did the recipe together. And before you know it, the, the child literally had three helpings of kale pesto and right. I, I didn't, and I didn't need to say anything. I didn't need to point that out, but I was, you know, very pleased to see that, that he was enjoying something new. And his, yeah. mother, his mother walked in to pick him up and he said, I really want you to try this. And 
she said, what is it? Like, you know, what is it? And he said, it's, it's pesto. And, and then I said, yeah, remember it's kale pesto. And she said, she said, I knew it. She said, kale, you hate kale where, you know, it's just like, oh my gosh. Wow. Like, I mean, and so, and I know that, I mean, I would, I, I totally uh, empathize with that. We get into these, oh, we get into our own way sometimes. as Right. Parents. And That's so, so funny. You know, it's just, I, I just thought that was just, uh, for me, it was such a wonderful lesson of like, oh, all the ways I do that. And I absolutely do that as a parent. Yes. And we really want it to be as easy as possible. Yes. So instead of pushing the beats the 18th time, yeah. we're like freaking eat the chicken nuggets and yeah. go to bed. You know, yeah. like we yeah. want it to be easy. Yeah. Yeah. And so... But for our kids, like long term health and wellness, like, you know, maybe we do give them the beats the 18th time, hoping that yeah. today's the day. I yeah. love it. OK, so I want to know if you had to pick one Sticky Fingers recipe to enjoy the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, my gosh, I'm not prepared for this. I have so <laughs> many. You know, I think I'm I'm going to the one that kind of pops out in my head has to do with again with my daughter Lulu. Mm-hmm. Her name's Liliana, but we call her Lulu. And Cute. because she was uh, out of the three children, the one that was maybe the most, like I said, food shy. It took her a while to warm up to new foods. I had made a lo mein and I decided oh, to call it Lulu's lo mein. So, so cute. That, and it introduced some, you know, she didn't necessarily love celery and it introduced celery and things like that. And so I called the dish for the family, Lulu's lucky lo mein. And she just immediately loved it because her name was in, was her name was part of the recipe. I <laughs> so, lo- she's like, this is mine. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, um, then of course I was like, well, I think this would be a perfect sticky fingers cooking recipe. Yes. And it's been, we do create a brand new recipe and curriculum every single week of the school year every single year. So we've been doing this for 12 wow. years. Uh, so we have a lot of recipes and that particular recipe for some reason is brought up all the time by our past students. And it's, wow. a, it's, it's just a favorite. It's a favorite. Oh, I love that so, so much. Okay. I want to chat about your new cookbook, which I'm so excited about. So Kid Smoothies, can you tell us all about yes. it? Yes. Yeah. So Kid Smoothies is a partnership that we're uh, with Penguin Random House Publishing. Yes. And so we're very excited about that. They contacted me at the end of last year and said that yeah. they wanted to partner with a and create a cookbook together. Smoothies are just like the perfect entry. I mean, this is a, a yes. perfect segue to every our, our entire wonderful discussion that we've been having. It's right. such a wonderful way to get kids into the kitchen and to get parents into the kitchen if, you know, if, right. if it's been a while or you're feeling maybe a little uncomfortable and then also like press for time, right? Smoothies yes. are so easy and they can be very, very healthful and full of nutrition. And they can also, you know, they can also be in a a meal as well. So it's just a really nice way to get kids into the kitchen. It's a wonderful way for kids to be independent in the kitchen and to have some autonomy in the kitchen. Yeah. And it's a way that, you know, they can even learn like your daughter learning how to flip her egg and clean up after herself to make, make their own breakfast in the morning. 
My yeah. kids love love smoothies in the morning. Oh man, um, my kids love smoothies too. And I also find that I mean, I'm the weirdo over here that's like opening beef <laughs> beef liver capsules and being like nature's multivitamin. You know, I put <laughs> everything in my kids' smoothies, and there's the occasional one where they're like, "Mom." You made this one too weird. You know, I'm like, oops, there's colostrum in it, you know, but for the most part, they, it's a, such a good way to kind of sneak in a lot of extras I find. And then also too, like, you know, we talked a little bit about safety, but in terms of like, you know, I, they can have open bags of frozen fruit and pour it in, pour in the milk, you know, pour in the protein powder. And it's a very like low, it's like very safe way for, to get a kid to make their own breakfast. So absolutely. Just remember that lid. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, (laughs) that is such a good point. The lid is crucial. I love it so much. Okay. Do you have a favorite recipe in the kids smoothie cookbook? Yeah, we have this uh, fairy frosty smoothie that I think is just what? really fun. Yes, it's really fun. We we have some really unique smoothie bowls as well. Yeah. And then I'd have to say that my my favorite recipe is at the very back of the book, which was, is yep. what we like to call an an on recipe, but it's a, it's an opportunity for kids. It's almost a Mad Lib style uh, where they get to fill in and make their own smoothies. I just, you know, cooking is so creative Yes, and be so creative. It can be so fun. And again, just like naming noodles, Lulu's lucky noodles, you can name your own smoothie and really make it your own. That is so fun. And I love these smoothie pops in the back. That is so fun. So fun. We've been to a few pop places. There's some in Denver where you get to choose your pop and the toppings and stuff like that. So I can see that even being kind of like a healthy, healthy dessert. Absolutely. Yeah, it can be a healthy dessert. And now, you know, my teenagers that are living at home, like they come home and they make smoothies after school. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I'm trying to pack nutrition in my kids as often as they'll let me. I love it. Okay. (laughs) So I want to ask you the question that I ask everybody at the end. So when you're looking back at the very end of your life, what does a successful life look like to you? A successful life to me, you know, it's all about connection and relationships. Mm -hmm. And if I was in any way of any part of, you know, helping, helping kids eat better or learn Mm -hmm. how to cook or, or spark, you know, ignite some passion and curiosity of, of food and cooking and eating well, that would just be a bonus. Yes. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Caroline. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Erin. It was so fun chatting with you. Now I'm even more inspired than normal to get my kids more involved in the entire cooking process. Listeners, thank you for listening. I know you're going to love Sticky Fingers cooking classes. They have school programs in Colorado, Illinois, and Texas. They also have a franchise business. And so if Sticky Fingers is going to be blowing up all over the U.S., so stay tuned for more classes in your area. Be sure to check out their online classes that are available, and then also head to the show notes to get the link to the giveaway that we are hosting on Instagram, at All of You Whole, and additionally to buy their latest cookbook called Kid Smoothies. Thank you so much for joining, Erin, and listeners, thanks for listening. I will see you next week. 